Hi loves, and welcome to the With Love Always podcast, a podcast to help you live the life you were created for. We are your hosts and your friends, Bree and Marissa, and we're so grateful you're here. We pray you listen and leave feeling more inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. We are so grateful as always that you're tuning in and joining us today. For today's episode, we are going to be talking all about the power of your words, both the words that you speak over yourself and the words that you speak over others. This episode is something that, as always, is so inspired by things that Marissa and I are going through in our own lives. And I feel like even in my life within this past week, I've really just realized, whoa, how powerful our words are in both a beautiful way and also in maybe in a a hurtful or harmful way. And I think with just things that I've been walking through my life, I felt so inspired to want to record this episode and record this topic for anyone out there who is maybe struggling with their own inner self-talk or struggling with any sort of relationships, whether you're struggling with your relationships with other people or whether it's your relationship with yourself. I think the power of our words really do have the ability to harness so much life or so much death, which I know sounds really dramatic and really heavy and weighty. But I think when we look at the words that we're speaking day in, day out, subconsciously and consciously, they really do bring so much either positive energy or negative energy. And they are subconsciously affecting the world that we live in, whether it's the world within our own minds or whether it's our relationship with our friends, our romantic partners, our coworkers, our family, truly the words that we choose to select on a day in, day out basis have the ability to affect and change and transform absolutely everything. And I know speaking for myself as someone who I feel like I'm a person of a lot of words all the time, I always have something to say. I have really learned through my life the power of harnessing my words and the power of being wise in the words that I choose to speak over myself and over others and over circumstances. And I think it's so funny even just to precedent this episode. I was telling Marissa something about my week and I was like describing it to her of, oh my gosh, yeah, it was so horrible. And in that immediate moment, I had to look to Marissa and be like, I am literally about to jump into an episode all about the power and the energy that our words bring. And I just want to retract the use of the word horrible because that word holds so much weight and so much gravity that does not actually match the experience I'm trying to describe. And though there is a time and place to use words for emphasis, I think the purpose and the heart and the intention with this episode is for us to all very carefully examine the words that we're using to describe ourselves, our life, our circumstances, all of the above. Because I know that's a big big thing that's transformed my life and transformed my identity and has transformed so much more than just the way that I speak. It's so much deeper and really does affect our mental health, our well-being, and our life at the end of the day. Yeah, I love that. And when I was thinking about this episode, just a verse that came to mind kind of for the framework of this is Proverbs 1821. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
And boy, is that so true. Like, we hold so much authority in the words we speak. And I think it's so important to use our words with the utmost intention, whether that's verbally or internally to ourselves. So I know we're going to be kind of unpacking that, but I just really believe that the words we say shape our perception and that then informs our reality. So I know we've kind of talked like touched on this a little bit specifically with our fear episode where we're saying when we are speaking these words or these negative thoughts come into our mind that can actually like manifest and become our reality and so with this conversation I just want us to be so intentional and just kind of reevaluate what's the language and the words that we're speaking over our life over others and is it doing more good than harm or do we kind of need to make some slight adjustments I feel like I know for myself I can always be refining the words I choose and just trying to improve in that area so I'm excited for us to just kind of dive in and talk about that today. Yes. So I think the first thing that came to mind when I was just thinking about the power of our words on our life is just truly the lasting impression and mark that our words can have on our life. And I so hear and I so validate the argument of, you know, sometimes like it's not as deep as you think it is, or sometimes it's a joke, or sometimes, you know, you're using a word for emphasis or you're describing a person for whatever reason, you're using this choice of word. And I think so often when we're not aware of the power of our words, I think we can make excuses for why we choose to speak the way that we do or why we choose to belittle ourselves the way that we do. Or it's not that deep when you call yourself stupid or whatever it may be. But if there's anything that I was really, really reflecting on in light of this topic is I can just so tangibly think of words that were spoken to me as a child, as a teenager, as an adult that to this day have affected me and still do affect me for better or for worse. And I'm going to share some stories that really like shaped my life and are things that both gave me so much purpose in my life, but also are words that were spoken to me at a young age that also really hurt me in my life. And I think once again, like as I was reflecting on this, truly like our words have the power to either encourage or to destroy someone, to make someone feel so heard and so seen and so valued or so forgotten, so invisible and so unwanted. And I think for myself, we just never know the gravity and what our words can mean to someone for better or for worse. And I know for myself I never want to be the reason why someone is second guessing themselves or wondering if they're good enough or wondering if they're capable enough or wondering if their voice is heard enough. And I know I feel like I'm so conscious to like even as I'm speaking right now, it can sound like the words that we're referring to are like these really big conversations or these really like important moments, but it really is the day to day moments that are crafting yourself and the people around you. And so I want to share two examples of just different words that were spoken over me that affected me and still do affect me to this very day, one for good and one for worse, I guess you could say. I'm actually going to start off by sharing something that was shared to me when I was really young. I think I was in second grade. Actually, no, I was in second grade. It's actually such a vivid memory. For backstory, I 
was born in Texas, but my family actually moved us to Norway when I was like in kindergarten into first grade. And so all of like my phonics and reading and like those first developmental like years of my life, even though they were so little, were in Norway. And so I did go to a private school over there. I'm giving you all the long version, but I went to a private school where basically I was taught to like little things were different, like how I was spelling things were different, how I was pronouncing things were different. The curriculum was just slightly different. And so anyways, when I moved back to the U.S. and entered the second grade, though I had only been living in Norway for a couple years, I very immediately off the bat, I don't know what it was, but I just was struggling with reading. And basically, I remember being in second grade and having to read a certain amount of books, and I was just falling behind. I was like failing the test on the books, and maybe I wasn't feeling all of them, but in my little girl mind, I just remember thinking, I am not good at this. Like, I'm just not good. And I couldn't tell you exactly how this teacher phrased it to me. And on the, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because also I'm a child and my child interpretation was probably different than the way that she intended it. But regardless, I just remember one day like being alone in the classroom and like staying after class while other kids were at recess and I was trying to take a dang test on my book that I was struggling to read. And I don't remember the way she worded it, but all I could gather from what she spoke to me as a child was me coming to the conclusion that I was not good at reading and that I wasn't smart. And I know that I was so young and like I said, I want to give that situation the benefit of the doubt because I was a child and the way that children interpret things from adults like can be so incorrect. But I think what's so crazy and so significant about that story and about why I want to share that story on today's episode is because as a child, as young as being in second grade, you are what? eight years old, I concluded that I wasn't good at reading. And I kid you not that to this day, being in my 20s, I still tell people that I don't like to read. And I still tell people that I'm not good at reading. And I know that may sound so silly. And I can think of the numerous times in my life where I've told people like, this is a year that I'm going to read one book a month and I'm going to change that and I'm going to stop believing that about myself. And honestly, like I still haven't kind of unlearned that. I still don't choose to read like in my spare time. I'm not the type of person who just reads for fun. Mm -hmm. The only book that I've been able to ever read, praise God, is the Bible. And that felt so redeeming for me of like feeling like for the first time in my life, I was actually good at reading something. But even as an adult, that is something that it's up to me to unlearn and surrender that. But it, it had such a lasting impression on me all the way up to this point in my life. And like I said, I know that that may sound like a really dramatic and maybe even like so silly story. But I think to me, like I almost still in to this day, like feel the emotions of what I felt as a second grader. And it just makes me kind of sad. And I think that is just such a beautiful example, beautiful, hard example of the power of your words to leave a lasting impression. In the same breath, I think of another moment in my life when I was actually in high school. And my favorite language, not favorite language, <laughs> my favorite 
subject was English, so like literature. That's why I said language because it was like called English class, but yeah. you know, it was like writing and literature and all that, which is so funny because that's like the total contradiction to like what was told of me as a child. You're not good at reading. You're not this. But then growing up, like I loved to write. I loved essays. I loved just expressing myself through my words. And it was for the first time that I realized like, wait, I think I actually enjoy this. And I will never forget my English teacher in high school actually pulled me out of another class I was in. So she literally took me out of a like my history class and took me into her empty classroom to tell me through tears that she had read my short story like essays that I wrote for her class. And she was like crying to me and she was like, Breathe, this is some of the most beautiful writing I've ever read. And she's like, wow. promise me that you will never stop writing because you are so gifted with your words. And I remember me being in my 16-year-old body being like, because you're so young and you don't know who you are. And yeah, having an adult tell me through with such sincerity of heart, like, Brie, you're really good at something. I kid you not, from that moment forward, even though I didn't fully like exercise those gifts and fully like harness those gifts, I do believe that from that moment forward, I actually believed wait, I'm actually good with my words. Like I'm actually good at something and that's writing. And yeah, I just think those two stories, it's so funny that they're both like school related, but I think they really just show and are such a testimony to how our words leave a lasting impression, whether it's something a teacher spoke over you or a friend spoke over you or a bully spoke over you or a romantic partner that you're with right now, or a coworker you're with right now, whatever it is, it's like our words can hold a gravity in someone's life, can hold an anchor in someone's life far beyond just that present moment. And oh my gosh, if I'm going to hold any anchors in people's lives, do I pray that it would be one that is so like the second story, so life-giving, so affirming, and just speaks life and identity and truth into someone and not the opposite, not even at the expense of a joke, not even at the expense of, you know, I don't know, making fun of something like, I think for me, it just is almost, it's just not worth it to think that I could ever hurt someone in any way with my words, you know? Yeah, that story gives me such chills and uh, that's such a reminder like I because I feel like even when you were mentioning that I was trying to think of like when are times that people have told me like strengths or weaknesses and I now am like having the realization that when I tell somebody now if somebody's like oh Marissa what are you good at or what are you interested in a lot of times it's like things that people have told me I'm good at yeah because I think it's so hard when we are just like our perception is ourselves so we have no sense because we're not really comparing ourselves especially when we're young to like other people so until somebody says like a teacher even a peer or a parent and they're like hey I want you to know like your writing is it's like people don't write like that like that is special and you have such a gifting and so I think it's those moments that really shape us. And I think when you realize you have a gifting, you press into that and then you're like, okay, I want to write more. I want to do this. And then naturally you get even better. So I feel like on the opposite spectrum, if somebody tells you and like, I can remember this in my own life, 
growing up in school if a teacher's like, yeah, I feel like that's not really your strength or like you're not great at it. And then it's kind of defeating. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to like keep practicing this because I don't know if I can get better. And then if I'm not practicing as much, I inherently don't get better. So I think it is such a cycle. And to kind of share like a similar story, I so growing up, like my subjects that I was just always strong in were math and science. And I just genuinely liked them. Like I mean, a lot of that. Those were my areas of weakness. (laughs) And I feel like I just remember teachers would always say like, oh, you're really gifted in this, but that means that you're going to struggle with like English and history. And so in my mind, I I don't know if I actually, I could have been like gifted equally, but I know that I would always feel really insecure when I would write or really insecure in history class. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my memory is just not that good. So it's hard for me to retain this stuff. But naturally, I think I just was spending more time studying and pressing into math and science because that's where I was getting affirmation. And so I just remember feeling like kind of insecure about that. And I that also would like carry over to kind of like more creative subjects. So even Mm -hmm. things like drawing as a kid, I was like, oh, I'm so not good at this. And I just always people would be like, oh, you're just your brain's not wired for that. So fast forward to when I met my husband. So probably like 18 years old. He is so creative, like one of the most creative people I know. He was doing photography at the time. So obviously every day he was exercising like that creative muscle. And I remember telling him like, oh, that's such an amazing gift of yours. Like I'm so not creative. And after he maybe like had known me for maybe like close to a year, he's like, why do you say you're not creative? Because you actually are a very creative person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Nobody's ever told me that before. And he's like, yeah, it's just like, I mean, creativity comes in so many forms. And so he was explaining all of these areas he saw that I was gifted creatively it just wasn't necessarily in like drawing it may have been the way like my eye sees something Mm -hmm. or what I can like how I express myself or things like that and he's like you actually have such a strong creative muscle but it's been like somewhat underdeveloped because you've been kind of like insecure to use it which that truly is like the best way to describe it is I just felt insecure in that area because of words that people had said to me and it wasn't until he spoke life over that area that I actually started to give myself permission to do things I had never done which was like picking up a camera or starting to like write again or just doing Mm -hmm. these like more creative aspirations where I honestly just didn't feel qualified like I didn't feel like I was worthy to do those things before and it wasn't until somebody else saw an opportunity for me not only to have like a present gifting, but to really grow in that area. And so, yeah, kind of to like the point you were making, I just think like, I so hope that I can be that person to other people. And and I think too, to be careful, like when we're praising somebody's gifts that we yeah. don't unintentionally diminish other areas. Mm. Because I think like 
a lot of times I know like people weren't trying to discredit other areas, but they unintentionally were. So I just think our words can be so powerful and they can ultimately like shape somebody's reality because that's how they perceive themselves and how we perceive ourselves is how we're going to spend our time and our energy. And so it really can just have like a lifelong impact. It's really, really crazy when we actually like think about it. So it is. Wow, I just love both of our stories. And like I said, it's just such evidence of the power and the lasting impression that our words can have to shape a person's day, a person's week, a person's life. And so something that I was just thinking about is ultimately when it comes to our words, you know, we are so impacted by the words around us. But I think we are also first and foremost impacted by the words within us. And I think the words around us shape the words within us and shape our inner dialogue. And if there's anything I've learned even through my life, and I imagine yours as well who's listening, is our inner dialogue really does affect us, but it also affects the way that we love and show up for others. And so I was just thinking of some casual phrases that I know I'm so guilty of of saying to this day and maybe you might find yourself saying these things too but I kind of wanted to just read off some of the ones that I was thinking of um, that are things that I think we as humans so casually say and we don't realize the gravity of the ways that we are day in day out putting ourselves down speaking death over ourselves speaking negativity over ourselves and so on and so forth. So some of the things that I wrote are, I'm so bad at this. I can't do anything right. I'm so dumb. That's stupid of me. I'm such a disaster. Everything in my life is a mess. I'm just a crybaby. I hate this or I'm dead. And I know for myself, I even, that last one, sometimes I will say that in response to like a joke of like, oh, I'm dead. That's so funny. And I don't know about you guys, but at least for myself, I don't know what it is, but there's just come a point in my life where it's like, I don't want to even be casually joking about that. I don't want to be casually speaking those words into existence just because of the energy that those words can can bring to a room, can bring to my heart, can bring to those around me are just is not energy that I want to bring. And I understand that maybe not everyone looks at words with that high of a value, but I know for Marissa and I, we do. And I have seen how my choice of words, whether it's the words within my own mind or whether the words I've chosen to receive from other people truly have had such a deep effect that can literally alter hurt and harm identity well-being mental health all that sort of stuff and so i was just thinking about ultimately like our belief system around the words that we choose to speak especially to ourselves because that's the thing nobody can see the words that you're speaking over yourself nobody can hear the way that you're talking to yourself and so if you deeply desire to show up as a loving friend as a loving partner as a loving coworker, as a loving daughter or son ultimately you are only going to be as loving as the inner dialogue within yourself is you're only going to show up to the heights in which what you believe about yourself is and if you are day in day out belittling yourself with even comments so little such as i'm so stupid man do i just want to encourage in this conversation 
it's time to redirect those things. And so I think I want to share some even more deeper examples of how our inner dialogue, both with receiving what we've received from other people, but also the way we're speaking to ourselves can really negatively affect and harm us. And so something I wasn't even planning on speaking about, but just like turned to Marissa literally a second ago and was like, I feel like I need to share this. But I think about growing up as well and and the ways that I was so shaped by those around me is I remember from as young as being in middle school, receiving so much praise because I was really good at cross country and track. And I was also really thin growing up. And I remember from a young age starting to receive praise and affirmation based off of how I looked and based off of you know, how my looks were associated with my performance in cross country and track. And that was something that started in middle school where people always just praised me for being thin and for being fast. And I remember even like leading up into high school, those were comments that not only my peers would give me, but also my coaches would give me. And it would be so light, but it's like, oh, Brie, you're so fast because you're the thinnest one on the track team. And it's crazy to me now to even think that I think coaches would say that or to think about, you know, my teammates saying that. But I think about back when I was that age and when all you're confused about is what's going on in your body with puberty and all you're wanting to do is figure out who you are and and you would especially as a girl you want to feel pretty and you want to start like I don't know growing into your body and you're just so susceptible to the words that people say over you and I remember very quickly associating my sense of worth at that age with being thin and being good at sports and this is a whole long story that I'm going to make as short as possible, but I did end up develop, developing an eating disorder. And I struggled with an eating disorder and body image issues for so many years of my life from as young as 13 to 20. And truly, like, I can look back on my life on both the words that were spoken over me, but ultimately the dialogue of truly death and destruction and self-harm that I was having within myself day in and day out that was feeding those narratives that my only sense of worth and value is if these things are true, is if I remain thin, is if I remain the fastest girl running the one mile, whatever it may be. And I think I share that because it just shows if you every single day are accepting the negative words that you're speaking over yourself, if you are looking in the mirror and you are thinking, I'm so ugly, I'm not beautiful, I'm fat, I'm this, whatever words and you accept them as your norm, your life and the way that you are living is going to remain the same. And the only thing that can shift that death in your life into life is you changing those words and changing those narratives. And I think about for myself, when I finally was like, I, something in my life needs to change. I don't want to be on this trajectory for the rest of my life. I don't want to normalize the way that I'm speaking about myself. I don't want to normalize my relationship with food like this, which was really unhealthy at the time. I don't want to normalize my distorted view of my body, what actually it took for me to be set free from my eating disorder along with other things, but was me changing the words I spoke to myself. I so vividly remember I would look in the mirror and I would think, 
every single horrible thing that you probably could ever think about yourself of, I was just unworthy. I was fat. I was ugly. I was this, is that, which none of those things were true. Like, and that is the distortion of what an eating disorder does to you. And I do want to be really sensitive to anyone who maybe is listening and maybe is currently going through that. Know that I sympathize with you and I I understand so deeply the gravity of how your thoughts are not reality at all. Because by no means during that time when I was telling myself I'm fat and I'm ugly and I'm unworthy, was I any of those things at all, like not even remotely. But I remember taking those thoughts and I would journal them and I would say, I believe this. I'm ugly. I'm this. I want to hurt myself in this way. I want to do this, this, that. And then though this is what I believed in my inner dialogue, I would write another column and I would say, but God says I am loved and I'm cherished and my identity is not in my looks and this is that. And I kid you not, I did that every single day. Until one day I realized that the thoughts, those dark thoughts were not haunting me as much as they once were. And then I realized one day that I was like, wait, I haven't thought anything negative about myself in a really long time. And though that wasn't the cure all for my, I don't know, seven years prior of having an eating disorder, it was the beginning of the trajectory of freedom towards being released from that negative inner dialogue that I was having. And so that's why I cannot encourage enough. And though that is like a more weighty topic and a more weighty example, I cannot encourage enough. Like if you are even saying on a day-to-day basis that you're stupid or that you're not good enough or that you're whatever it may be, any of the examples I listed, do not accept that self-talk with yourself. And just as I shared about the example before I started filming this episode, like cannot encourage enough to redirect that train of thought. Take those words, literally take them back from yourself and rephrase it to be something that's different and life-giving. And yeah, I think I could have a million stories I could think about. I think about that in dating. I think about ways when I was young, like, in high school and even in early college, like ways that guys would affirm me and how I would take those affirmations and run with it and think that guys would only like me if this or if they said this. And it can just be such a spiral of how other people's words really affect our identity, which is why we cannot emphasize enough in this part of the episode the power of taking and harnessing your own inner dialogue and rewriting even the history of the things that have been spoken over you and letting it be yours to take ownership of because that is the only thing that will truly transform your mind and your belief about yourself. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story because I know I just feel like, yeah, I'm trying to think of like the words to even say because I feel like there's so much weight to that and it just like truly breaks my heart if anybody is going through like something similar or they've had that story seem similar to something in their past. I just think there is so much weight when we begin to unpack this conversation and just it's just such a powerful reminder of like taking a second to truly reevaluate our dialogue and something I always just tell myself is like I have to speak to myself like somebody I love. And so when I notice myself like getting in cycles and it can even be careless, it could even just be like 
oh, that's that's weird. Or like, why are you doing this? Like just me being like, what the heck to myself? But I'm like, would I call that out in a friend or would I say that say that to my best friend? And 99% of the time, like I would not. So why do I think it's okay to speak that over myself? Like why are we treating our own bodies and our own lives and our own minds like such an enemy when we should be loving ourselves the most and we should be extending that to other people. And so I, it reminded me of, and again, I'm not like (laughs) the most up to date with social media trends, but I remember there was one, I think it probably started on TikTok and it was like, just remember when you're saying those things to yourself, you're also saying them to her and you like put in a photo of your younger self. Yeah. And it was like these photos of just like, you as a child where you're just like so full of life and like there isn't a care in the world and I loved that trend so much because I truly like that's how I want us all to picture ourselves as like that purest youngest form where like we look back and we would treat that younger version of ourselves with so much delicacy and so much love and so much care and like that's how the people that love us see us that's how God sees us so we need to speak to that person with so much just intention and speak life to them and just be so affirmative and so I just hope that again like it can take years sometimes like I'll have to affirm myself and I won't believe it like I'll say something that my heart just hasn't caught up yet it just doesn't believe that's true but I continue to speak that over myself until one day that starts to feel true like it starts to actually feel like you know what I am worthy of this or I actually am very intelligent like you you just kind of need to affirm yourself until one day you don't have to question it and it again it's such a journey and it takes a lot of time but there really is no better time to start than now and just being so mindful of how are we speaking to ourselves like just as we go about our day tomorrow or even like the rest of today just thinking of how am I talking to myself like am I letting anxiety narrate my life or am I letting truth and these things that actually empower me am I letting that kind of be the story and the narrator of my mind and so yeah, I think it just takes like so much intention and so yes. much just kind of like rewriting of our minds. Yes. And I think with that, like ultimately, like our greatest call to action with this, because I know it can feel so good to hear and to receive, but it's like truly like what I cannot like emphasize enough is when you start seeing yourself, whether you're verbally saying it out loud or you're saying it within your mind or you're saying it to someone else do not be afraid to literally retract the words that you just said. Like I gave the example at the beginning of this episode, I was telling Marissa about something and I was like, oh yeah, it was so horrible. And though there's a time and place to use that word, in that moment, that word did not need to exist in that place. And I know that might sound so, so silly to some people, but I think it really is like a skill of learning how to harness your words and learning how to take your thoughts captive and literally surrender them and change them and transform them. And it's going to require the same for you if you want to, you know, be someone who's more encouraging to your friends, if you want to be someone who 
loves yourself better, like it is going to require effort of you. It's not going to miraculously happen. It's not going to happen because you listen to this episode. It's going to happen because you take those thoughts that you say out loud to someone else and you say, hey, I actually want to take that back. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that towards you in that way. Or, hey, you know what? I didn't mean to describe this circumstance in that way. Like, let me actually use a different word in its place. Or whether you're by yourself saying it out loud to yourself, like, you know what? I really do believe in this moment that I feel really worthless, but I'm just going to say that that's not true. And I'm going to remind myself that I'm worthy even if I don't believe it. It is going to require the active pursuit of you changing your inner dialogue and you changing your external dialogue to other people for your words to have the impact that you desire to see in your life. And so I actually was just thinking about this and I feel like I might butcher it and Marissa, you might have heard it before too, but I remember like years ago when I was actually, you know, still recovering and going through everything with my eating disorder and I was trying to honestly rewire my mind and I remember hearing about like this science study and I think they've done it multiple different ways where it's like you have three different plants or you can have like three different dishes of like rice and (laughs) I've heard it done literally numerous ways at this point but basically the experiment is is that you speak to one plant, like you encourage the plant. You're like, you're so good, you're growing so strong, I'm so proud of you, and you like play it like classical music or something. And you have another plant that is like in a dark room and you you say like you suck. Like you speak negative things too. And then you have another plant that you just simply ignore and like you don't acknowledge, you don't pay attention to. And I can't remember how long it is. Like I said, I'm going to butcher what I've heard. But essentially, the plant that is spoken life to and is like played music to is the one that ends up growing the fastest. And the plant that is spoken negatively to, even though they're all being watered the exact same, the plant that's literally being spoken negatively to literally dies and wilts. Whereas the plant that's also ignored, it doesn't die quite as fast, but it starts to wilt. And I think that's so crazy to me. I remember the first time I heard that because even nature in this world, in this earth, show the power of the energy that our words bring. Mm-hmm. And if it literally has the power to bring nature <laughs> to life or to destroy nature, it has the power to build to life or to destroy you as well. And I think one of the concluding thoughts that I want to share as we kind of close out this episode is I think especially when we're considering the words that we're speaking to other people, something that I always think about and consider given that I'm someone who thinks so much about the words that I say, maybe too much at times, but when we're speaking to other people, like we never know the history of life or the history of hurt or the history of the lasting impressions that words have had on their life. So when we are speaking something about them, when we are making jokes at people, like we never know how deeply we could actually be cutting someone because we don't know the history of the things that have been spoken over them. And so I think for myself, that's where like I always want to be so mindful 
of my choice and selection of words to always tread lightly, not in a way that I'm like constantly walking on eggshells, but if I feel prompted to poke fun at someone in a certain way or if I feel prompted to call out something in someone, I always try to be really discerning of how I phrase it because we just never know the things that people have been hurt by. Just as so many of you guys listening would maybe have never known that I thought I sucked at reading and I still do or, you know, or would never have known like everything with my eating disorder. And that's the thing. We just never know what people have been affected by in their lives, whether they are your best friend or whether they're any sort of person in your life. I think letting that be such a motive to always have the purest of intentions to simply just love those around us with just the highest honor, the highest capacity, and the highest ability. Given we're all imperfect, we're we're also life's not always that serious. But I think when your motive and your intention is to always love people, the words that you choose to speak are always going to follow that intention. So yeah, I think those are my final words when it comes to all of that. <laughs> yeah, speaking of words. So to close out this episode, I actually was reading in Proverbs. I know Marissa shared a proverb at the beginning of this episode, but I'm going to close out a proverb at the end. And I was reading Proverbs 12, 18, and it says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. There are so many verses in Proverbs that when I was just preparing this episode really spoke to me. But I think ultimately, when you think of the people that you love and are loved by you the most. It is the people who their words are sweet like honey. They are the people who are the most life-giving to you, who encourage you, who their words bring healing and they bring comfort and they bring restoration and they change your mind about the negative things that you may think about yourself. And I know that when words are used recklessly, they can hurt and they cut like swords and they destroy and they harm, whether it's the words you're speaking to yourself or the words that haven't spoken to you or the words you've even maybe spoken to others. So I think just keeping that in mind that whenever we're speaking, I think honestly, that's a really good practical thing to ask yourself is, are my words healing or are my words piercing like a sword? And just asking yourself that before you speak, what would be the outcome if you have any hesitation of what you're about to say? Um, So yeah, I just pray so deeply that this episode would really resonate with someone, whether you feel like unkind words are being spoken over you or whether you're speaking unkind words over yourself or over others. I really just pray that this can be an encouragement. It could be a cause and a reason to make you think twice about the power of the words in your life and to push you and encourage you towards being the person that is the most loving in the room towards yourself and towards others. So we just pray that these words would be life-giving to you and hopefully just bring beautiful transformation and result into your life. Okay, so for this week's love notes, we're just going to keep it sweet and simple and we're just going to say something we're grateful for. So it can be something that happened this week or just something in general that, I don't know, we're just appreciative of. I want you to go first. (laughs) Let me think about this for a second. I just feel like God has been so intentional with 
bringing very specific people into my life mm-hmm. in these past two weeks. And there's like stories that I could launch into to explain, but just for the sake of like keeping it short and simple, it's just been so cool that even these prayers that I feel like one specifically I've been praying for the last year for this specific type of person I want want it like brought into my life and it like finally happened last weekend at church and so it was so cool because I don't know I just love little moments like that and it just makes it so much more special and there are like so many stories like that recently where I'm just like oh my gosh I'm just blown away by how like intentional God is and it's just so sweet and uh yeah it just like I hope that's an encouragement if you feel like maybe you're like waiting on a prayer or waiting on this thing you don't know the timing of when it will come but Mm -hmm. it like so will like that does not fall on deaf ears and so it's just been so sweet to see even though it might seem small like it's not even this like crazy encounter but to me it just felt so sweet and so special Mm -hmm. Ah. that's so beautiful it's such a good one i was gonna keep mine so simple and just say it's i mean california we do get seasons people say we don't get seasons we do a little bit But I feel like the weather here has just been so much more cool and crisp and it's so nice. Such a like simple joy that I've just found myself genuinely like so grateful for when I walk out the door every morning. But in the mornings like to need a sweatshirt on my walks in the morning, it's like such a simple joy that literally feels so life-giving. And so I feel like that's something I've felt so grateful for this week of just my sweatshirts on my walks it's inside so that it's finally been cool enough for me to eat breakfast outside oh, yeah. like it stayed very brisk in the morning and I just love it so much so I'm 100% there with you but that concludes this episode we love you guys so much and we are so praying for you and your life and so we can't wait to speak with you in our next one bye bye Thank you so much for listening. We pray this episode was encouraging and life-giving. If you found it valuable, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. And be sure to follow us along over on Instagram at WithLoveAlwaysPodcast. Signing off with all of our love always, Bree and Marissa.